What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the next episode of The Roarcast. So we are up to episode number five. Five? Yeah, I think it's five. Five. Five flies, guys. Five episodes. We've made it to five episodes, so that's an accomplishment. So congratulations. Uh, Joining me as usual is Kyle Matrician and Megan Rojas. I'm Mike Kowalski. Guys, what's going on with you? How's your week been? Week was good. I can't believe another week's gone by. Normally we don't do this on Friday, so it's a little funky, but... Oh, gave away our secret. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to know how long it takes us. Gonna, uh, guys, don't do the soon take. <laughs> Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Ro, you got the triple header of uh, Zoom calls today. I've got a lot going on. I have this, and then our team meeting, which we are having at 11.15, and then I'll hop back on with you guys, and then I have a compliance meeting, and then I have something for class later today, so... What's going on? Action, action-packed yeah. Friday. Big Friday. We're gonna confuse people by saying Friday, but you know. Yeah, today you're gonna hear this on a Monday. Hopefully. Should we rewind and not say that? That's, no, I think it's great. I, it's <laughs> I mean, nothing will be as good as when Peter Pilling got on and he had the big clock in the background. Yeah. <laughs> so people, if we actually recorded, people would know we we're time yeah. traveling. Yes, if we recorded. <laughs> So we've got another episode with our student athletes. Uh, it's a baseball softball themed episode with Joshua Solomon from baseball and Amber Swinarski from softball. So you're going to hear from them in a little while. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mike, we're uh, double we're, we're double dipping on our sport coverage today. You the uh, baseball contact and me the softball contact. Uh, I don't know too much about Josh, so I'm interested for that interview, but I am pretty excited to talk to Amber uh, just because she, you know, not only does a lot on the field, but uh, she was nominated this year for the Lowe's, it's not, it's no longer Lowe's, dang it, but the Senior Class Award, uh, because she does so much in, like, outside of the field and even outside of the classrooms in in terms of community service, and she's the president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Nice. So it'll actually, I think, be really interesting to talk to Amber about what's going on with SAC uh, in our interview here and how, she, how SAC is running since she's the president of it. And she also has done some really interesting community service projects that I'm going to bring up that we can talk to her about. So looking forward to that. Yeah. And on the baseball side of things, uh, Joshua kind of came out, didn't come out of nowhere. He, he, was just, he played a key role, uh, did some catching and played some outfield last year. Um, and then just had a monster series against Nebraska before the season was stopped. He had uh, a couple home runs and had uh, in that series and had three on the season. So he's kind of poised for kind of a, a breakout season uh, for the baseball team as they're looking to get back into Ivy League championship contention there before everything was was shut down. So it should be should be a good episode. I uh, hope you guys stick around. Thanks for everybody for for listening the first few episodes we hope you stick around if you've made it this far into the you've, 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 been play. you've invested you've enough time <laughs> dm us if you have any ideas for our uh spinoffs yeah, <laughs> not spinoffs but topics that you want us yeah. to talk about <laughs> I, I will catch us up because i went back and listened to the i was telling mike before we hopped on that i listened to last week's podcast over again and at the time, I was only five episodes into Tiger King. But now I have finished. <laughs> um, and it's very interesting. And I actually, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was 
um, on we have Hulu Live for you know cord cutting TV, and th- there was like something that popped up for us to watch that was done by Fox. It was like TMZ investigates uh, the Tiger yeah. King. I don't know if you've yeah. seen this, but it was actually pretty good. It was like an hour long. Th- uh, it was like an hour long little investigation they did into like Carol Baskin and that whole situation and Joe, you know, Joe exotic situation and doc Antle situation. So don't want to spoil anything, but if you like, if you like tiger King, you'll love TMZ investigates. Well, let's talk about the real event that's starting this weekend is the last dance, the Michael Jordan dynasty. documentary is anybody else pumped about that because i told everybody in my house like don't bother me for the next (laughs) four sundays however long that lasts because that's going to be amazing i mean i'm very excited it's coming at like the best point in time with everyone just waiting around for something moved it up and yeah i mean it's i think it's good for the younger generation to kind of get that inside look at those teams and that and Jordan's personality and things like that. Cause it's just, it's completely, there's nothing wrong with how it is today, but it's just different yeah. now than it was then. So I think it's going to, I think it's going to kind of be eye opening to some younger people and kind of, it'll be it'll help them maybe compare some things. I don't want to get into like the MJ LeBron Are we doing debate, a debate not, right now. We're not, we're not going to do that. We're, if we're going to do that, we'll bring Lance Meadow on and we'll get uh, into it and we'll go from there. Um, I don't know okay. if I feel comfortable, you know, cause like, I feel like <laughs> the three of us could have a good debate, but then Lance is just way too knowledgeable. Yeah. And, it's and he's like, got that radio voice. I he does. I would be intimidated. I would be yeah. intimidated. Can we, you know, we should have Lance on as a special guest host one day. Absolutely. I think Lance would enjoy that. Uh, and he'd be a great guest. And give us I don't one. know if we can afford him, but we can have him on. <laughs> Wait, we get paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, but we might have to pay him to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to throw it. <laughs> now we're going to throw it to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to have Joshua Solomon from the baseball team up with us first. Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G. O-N-E-P-T dot com for more information. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats Meal Prep are proud sponsors of the Columbia Lions. Clean Eats has a wide variety of meals, from the basics, low-carb, gluten-free, and even kids' options. The process is simple. Place your orders for the week, and Clean Eats delivers right to your doorstep. Nutrition, convenience, and results equal the Clean Eats experience. Visit www.cleaneatsmealprep.com to try us today. All right, we are back. It's me and Kyle with Joshua Solomon, sophomore on the Columbia baseball team. Joshua, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. I'm good. Uh, I wanted to start by, you know, talking about the start of your season before everything kind of got 
got, you know, shut down due to coronavirus and everything, uh, you know, showed off a little extra power in the, the first, first seven or eight games or whatever it was. Yeah, it was eight games. Played four games yeah. at Fresno for it, uh, Nebraska. Um, so was that kind of surprising for you, or is that something you had been working on in the offseason about getting stronger and, and talk about the start of the season for you guys? Um, I think a lot went right, and in my opinion, a lot went wrong. But uh, <laughs> I think – I think what's, what's been big is um, I think my hands are in a different position. So it's just easier to not necessarily cheat on the inside pitch when this, when the velocity gets up there. Yes. hundred percent. But um, just reacting to that inside fastball and being able to get my hands extended on um, a hanging slider um, has just really changed things. Usually in the past, I've been more of a um, oppo hitter with more power that, to that side of the field, but, um, that's obviously taken a huge change with pull, the pull side power. So, yeah, it's kind of a trend across the board. You see a lot of guys coming up, you know, like we're, Kyle and I are Mets fans. You see a guy like Jeff McNeil uses all sides mm-hmm. of the field and in the second half of the season, he was yanking home runs. Yeah. And so it's like a lot of it, it's, it's an adjustment. A lot of guys are making at a lot of different levels. So it's, it's really interesting to hear about, uh, mm-hmm. how guys are changing their approach. Yeah. Who's, who's your uh, Who's your team? MLB. I'm a Dodgers fan through and through. So are you going to see Mookie Betts uh, playing a Dodger uniform or what? <laughs> I I hope. I mean, I don't know what's. I, I've, I've everyone's worried about it. I'm not sure what's even going on, but it's been happening. I'm really hoping it works out. Who knows? Uh, and then a little bit. I know where you be in the middle of Ivy League play right now, um, and looking ahead a little bit. Have you been in contact with your potential summer league club or is that all being pushed back right now? What do you know about, about that right now? Right now it's all theoretical. Um, we're not, they're not sure what's going on. We're not really sure what's going on. So um, as of now, it's business as usual. They're sending us their contracts and whatnot. What, like if we need a host family, um, but obviously that can change um, with what that league decides to do. So right now we're just waiting around hoping that it, it doesn't get pushed back and doesn't get yeah. canceled. Again, it was a short sample size of the season. How did you guys feel after those eight games? Did you feel like you were making the right progress towards making a push to, to Ivy League playoffs again? Um, I definitely felt like we, uh, we were going in the right direction. Um, our haters were definitely starting to figure some stuff out um, as the games went on. We did have two injuries for pitchers, which was um, a pretty big blow to the staff and the team in general. But I think some dudes definitely would have stepped stepping into those roles and uh, made a big impact. So I definitely felt like we were going in the right direction. We were all confident going into our spring break trip, and uh, it's a shame that didn't get to happen. But you know, I know initially you might have felt one way, and then you kind of hear how things are progressing and, and the serious nature of, of the pandemic and everything. So can you walk us through that timeline for you personally of what you're feeling and, you know, when you're able to kind of, I guess, accept the fact that, you know, the season wasn't going to happen. Um, initially we were at practice when it happened. So everyone was just really in shock. We were preparing to go um, to North Carolina to play. Um, so initially it was shock. I know the seniors were immediately sad and just taken aback by it. Um, and obviously the Ivy League being first, we didn't know what was going on. So it was really odd for us because 
if we were going to be the only league without um, a season, that would have been devastating. But as we moved forward in the situation, we saw that other leagues were canceling. It didn't necessarily dampen our feelings for it, but um, it definitely maybe brought everyone together, I'd say. Um, definitely still really shocked and sad by everything, but um, yeah. Uh, how have you been able to kind of stay in shape and what are you doing to, to kind of stay ready uh, here with everything kind of shut down? Um, a little bit, the weather's great in California. You're probably able yeah. to get outside a little bit. So Yeah. Um, we, our uh, gym got uh, closed as of now. It reopened recently, luckily, because there's it's under five people or under 10 people that go. Um, so Nikolov and I, Josh Nikolov, we made a homemade gym in my backyard while everything was <laughs> So we were using that. Um, it's hard to find an open cage right now just because the city's shutting down everything. So um, it's honestly kind of an adventure trying to find somewhere to work out. But luckily, our gym is open. And um, yeah, we just it's tough to find a field, but we, we make it work. So, How close do you, does Nikolov live from you? Uh, like seven minutes, I think. He's really close. Yeah. What else have you been doing to stay occupied? I, I know, any, you know, it was between schoolwork and trying to stay in shape and everything. Do you have time to binge, read, you know, what, video games? What's your, what's your poison? Uh, my poison's definitely video games. There's yeah. been a lot of time to fill that void. So, um, <laughs> one could say it's an unhealthy amount, but, um, <laughs> as I'm noticing, it's not because everyone else is doing the same thing. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, once, once class is over and once workouts over, there's so much time in the day that there's, I mean, that's my favorite thing to do. So that's what I'm doing. It Are must be close? such an adjustment. Sorry, Mike. It must be like such an adjustment from like your normal, uh, like your normalcy on campus with like how yeah. busy your schedule is. So, I mean, now, I mean, you obviously still like have classwork and stuff, but it's just, it's much lighter workload yeah. uh, than normal. But I have to ask you, since you brought it up, I mean, what, what are we playing? What video game are we playing? Uh, I mean, usually it's Call of Duty with my friends, but okay. um, recently I just bought a new game called Death Stranding, which has been really cool. And then um, I bought the show recently. That's been keeping me pretty occupied. So oh, three games went, right now are in the rotation. I went on a pretty deep dive into MLB The Show, I want to say 2015. Uh, it was... Yeah, you know how I mean. Do you so do you do yeah. like the, you do like the individual story mode, like the show, the road to the show mode? That's on what that? I've been. Yeah, that's what I've been doing right now. But um, I'm trying to move into Diamond Dynasty. It's just completely different. But that's like where it's you build your own team, and then it's like multiplayer. Okay. Um, that's what Nick Loft does, and that's what that's how I've like got the uh, inspiration to do that. But yeah, I I went like so deep into Road to the Show. Like I was like 13 years in playing like every single game with my guy, Jeez. like every single uh, <laughs> uh, situation, like when you're in the field and the ball gets hit to you and you just have to, you know, it was, yeah. it was I was, I was still in, uh, I'm going to defend myself here and say that I was, <laughs> I was still like fresh out of grad school, like very much younger, less yeah. responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, I'm just doing the hitting situations. I just think that's way more fun. But that's just um, my thing. I was, I was hitting, fielding, base running. It was, it was. It was I, I shouldn't talk about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk about how you ended up choosing Columbia. Uh, what went into your process, and when was that moment where you're like, "Yeah, this is the place for me." Um, 
I think I chose Columbia mainly because the coaches, um, coach Brady, coach Tischler, um, coach Suplee, they're all just great dudes. Um, I remember the first few times I talked to them, they were just, it already felt like they were my coaches. Um, and a lot of it came down to the choices I had between other schools and Columbia really stood out just because academically, um, it's in New York city. The baseball team's great. Um, and then it honestly just felt pretty easy once I talked everything over with my parents. Just felt like the right choice. What is it about the team that kind of – I think the thing – I've been here for about eight years and worked with the team for about six of those years, closely with that, the team for about six of those years. And the thing is it doesn't matter who leaves or who comes in. There's – the cultures kind of remain constant. And – it's it you yeah you, the coaches do a great job and everything but what does it say about the players that the coaches bring in to be able to maintain that culture like the identity of the team has been gritty resilient you know kind of consistently for over like the, the last decade or so so mm -hmm. um, how do you guys manage that internally between coaches and then individually as as players um, the first thing that comes to mind is our work ethic. Um, I mean, we're, we're on the bus up at the field um, late nights with lifts and then we're going back down doing homework, waking up, doing it all over again. Um, I think mainly it is, it is part of what the coaches preach and the way that they um, sort of put this attitude that they want into us. So it makes it easy when you come in as a freshman and then a sophomore gets better. Juniors are then able to teach the freshmen. Seniors are teaching the freshmen. So it just kind of keeps snowballing down. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's it's mainly the work that the po the coaches put in too. I mean, once a week we're doing team building Tuesday, and that's just kind of I don't know, like furthering their um, what's the word? It's just sort of furthering their attitude towards what they want and the way that they um, want to see us grow. So, yeah. So you're in the engineering school. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how virtual classes are going and the adjustment that's been like for you? Um, the adjustment has definitely been weird to say the least. Um, the stress has definitely gone down just because everything's pass fail now. Um, I get to go join my classes when I'm still laying in bed, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, the workload's definitely decreased. Um, I feel like when you're in person, you're around the people that are stressed out about that class. So it's definitely like you, you get that um, stress culture, but it's been relatively easy here. Obviously finals coming up and stuff is sort of stressful, but definitely not as bad as past years. All right. Uh, thanks for taking some time today, Joshua. I hope all is well in California. Stay, stay healthy and uh, we'll, we'll see you in the fall. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, nice to meet you, Josh, Josh uh, virtually anyway. But like Mike said, stay healthy. And uh, looking forward to seeing you play. Yeah. Thank you, Can't guys. Wait to be back at Robertson next year. I miss it already. So, uh, all right. That was Joshua Solomon. We'll be right back with Amber Swinarski from Softball. So stick around. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning, non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. 
To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. Now more than ever, doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers need our support as the world battles the coronavirus pandemic. As part of the Healthcare Heroes series featured on GoColumbiaLions.com, this week we'd like to highlight Dr. Russell Warren and Dr. Janelle Green. Dr. Warren is a 1962 graduate of Columbia College who is a two-sport athlete in football and baseball. He is currently a surgeon in Chief Emeritus Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City and also serves as the team doctor for the New York Giants. Dr. Janelle Green is an orthopedic surgery resident at Yale New Haven Hospital Department of Orthopedics. Originally from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Dr. Green was a three-year letter winner on the Columbia field hockey team from 2008 to 2011 and two-year NFHCA academic team honoree. Be sure to visit GoColumbiaLines.com slash healthcare heroes as we recognize more and more healthcare workers in the coming weeks. As always, stay home, stay safe, save lives. Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevandawater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. All right, welcome back to the final part of this week's podcast. Joining us now from West Palm Beach, Florida, is a senior on the Columbia softball team, Amber Swinarski. Amber, really appreciate you coming on. We had some technical difficulties trying to get you on, but we got you on, so we appreciate (laughs) you being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, first thing I just want to say, as you know, we've said to many of our spring sport athletes and those who didn't get to compete in the winter championships that were invited, uh, we're sorry to hear about the loss of your season, especially your senior season. Uh, I know uh, you and the rest of the team and the rest of your senior class have had some time to cope with that, so it might be a little bit better now. Um, but the first thing I want to do is I, I kind of want to – have you give uh, your perspective on what happened, uh, you know, in that week leading up to finding out that, you know, you weren't going to be able to play your senior season. I mean, fortunately, you did get to play at least in a couple tournaments uh, before everything went down. So you did get to play at least a few games. Uh, but can you just kind of shed some light on everything for, for our listeners? Yeah. So it happened, it happened so fast. Like I was kind of thinking about it the other day and it was just so crazy. I think like between the time everything was completely normal and the time we were like season done, packed up, moved out home was like barely a week. The day before we were leaving for spring break, we were still like ready to go. Um, We had like all the approvals for us to go on spring break. I think the baseball team did too. And we had heard that other teams were canceling their breaks, but they were going to like California and Florida. So we we're like, maybe it's just because of like, we're going somewhere that's not as uh, populated that it wasn't a big deal for us. Um, we found out, I think like the day before our spring break trip that we would still be able to have home games, but there would be no fans. So people were kind of disappointed about that. But we were like, okay, whatever, not a big deal. Um, and then it was literally the practice before we were leaving for spring break, which was, like less than 12 hours before we would have left because we were leaving so early in the morning. Um, I think we were waiting for like one more final approval to leave. And it was literally in the middle of practice. Like we were taking reps and Coach T got a phone call 
and she was just like, oh, take a break, like, go get a drink of water, we got a drink of water, and then we saw her on the phone for, like, 30 seconds, and then she, like, called us in a huddle, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's either going to be really bad or really good, like, I just knew it was going to be bad or good, but at that point, we thought really bad would be, we can't go on our spring break trip, like, I don't think anyone really thought that our entire season would get canceled, um, so she just, like, brought us in a huddle, and then she was like, yeah, all spring sports are canceled, and we were just like, we didn't even react at first. We were just like, what? Like, how is that even possible? Um, so then we kind of were just like standing there. She didn't even know what to say. We didn't know what to say. We could like hear the, um, all the coaches were like getting calls at the same time. We could like hear the baseball coach's phone ringing like over the speaker. We were like, he's about to find out too. It was just super crazy. And then we had like no time to even react to it because, um, we were planning on going to Oklahoma for spring break. So now we were like, we can't just stay on campus for spring break by ourselves with all this happening. So then we have like 10 minutes to process it. And then we're like all on our phones trying to buy flights home. And that was super crazy. I live in a suite with um, three of the other seniors on our team. And we all live, or we're all going to be on different sides of the country when we graduate. So I lived with Nish, who's in California, Maddie and Summer in Florida, and I'll be in New York after graduation. And all of our stuff is like mixed together in our suite. And so we're all home and we get told that we have to move out. And we were like, oh my gosh, like how, how can we hire people to move us out if all of our stuff is combined? Like everything's going to end up on the wrong side of the country. So Summer and I actually rented a van with her mom and we drove back like overnight. So we had got home, we were home for one day, and then we drove all the way back to New York because we, like, didn't want to rely on the flights at that point because all the flights were getting canceled. So we literally drove back overnight, packed everything up, drove home. We, it was, like, a 48-hour trip. It was insane. Oh and that God. was all – that all happened within, like, a week. So it was pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was a crazy story. I did not expect that story to go where it did. Yeah. It was really crazy. Um. I just want to transition a little bit and talk about like what the softball team's done in your four years uh, that you were there, because I mean, mm -hmm. you know, coach Teague says all the time, like leave the program in a better place than when you found it. And I know you guys didn't get the chance to play this year, but you certainly know that you left the program in a better place than when you found where you found it. Um, just going to say some things. Uh, you guys went 15 and six in the Ivy league last year, made the Ivy league playoff series. Uh, finished second in the league. Uh, so, that, you know, for those who don't know, the top two teams in the league go to the Ivy League playoff series. So you guys went for the first time. And you guys were picked number one this year in the preseason poll. So you guys all had, like, the targets on your back heading into the season as the preseason number one. Uh, even though you didn't get to play this year and you guys didn't, you know, get to, like, show what you could have done as seniors, uh, how much does it mean to you and your fellow seniors that you've changed the program for the better? Mm-hmm. That's like the most important thing I think then even like even if we had played this season and it didn't turn out the way we wanted to in terms of like like we were selected as the favorites to win this um, tournament this year and so even if that wouldn't have happened like and we had played a whole season I still would have been like happy with how we left the program because when we came in it's like I think it's more of like a culture thing and a mindset because we had talented people on the team back our freshman year or sophomore year. But um, it just, like, I think the culture was different, and we've come over the past four years to expect to win. And I think, like, when we were freshmen and sophomores, it was, like, obviously you go into a game wanting to win, but I don't think that we 
like went into games expecting to win every single game. And that's changed. Like we have more of, I guess, a championship mindset now. Um, and we go in knowing that like, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We want to win. Like people were so excited to play Oklahoma state this year, which was like the only ranked opponent we would have played in the past couple of years. Um, people were so pumped just to like have the opportunity to play against a really great team. And I think that um, that just shows like how excited people were to play and like how much people knew that we were capable of and come to like kind of expect to play really well every single time. And then also I think people just are more bought into the program at this point. So like everyone's willing to do like whatever it takes to um, win a game and also whatever it takes to be there for your teammates. So I think just overall the program is a lot more stronger. We enjoy our time there a lot. We like each other, um, which is good because we spend so much time together, but I think it's mostly like a culture thing, which has been pretty cool. Have you, have you guys uh, like looked back at the fact that the last two games that you, that you played uh, that Drexel and the ball state doubleheader mm-hmm. on what I think it was a Sunday down in Florida, mm-hmm. down in Orlando, like that you guys, like you, you kind of, you didn't know at the time that it was going to be your last two games, your last two collegiate games, but it wound up being so like, do you kind of take like solace in the fact that you guys like beat Drexel seven, four beat, uh, ball state if the final score is like 10 to one or something like that and yeah like, like finish that way or yeah I mean obviously it's really nice to know that you finished on a good note and it was it was like it's nice to know that we ended in a way that we knew we were capable of the whole time because that was a really rough weekend for us like we did not play well the first two days we were there so to turn it around it was really big even at the time because we were like this is awesome we've um, shown that we can come back because we had played, I think, Drexel the day before and we did pretty bad against them. Um, and that's what we do in the Ivy League is we'll play teams like multiple times in a row. So to not do well and then come back the next day and pretty much like do completely opposite was really good for us in the moment. And then looking back, we're like, that was a great way to end it. At the same time, though, it kind of makes it hurt more because we were like, wow, we were like on the up at that point. Um, so it's like, we don't know how much higher we would have went but it's like I guess it's mixed good and bad I mean I'd much rather end our careers um on a good note like that than the other way talk about a little bit like Kyle said you guys were picked for to finish first in the Ivy League Mm -hmm. did you guys have a good feeling in the that short time about where you guys were headed you said you ended on a high note but like Talk about, you know, even the preparations in preseason and those first two weekends. Was there a yeah. good vibe and, and, and thinking that you guys could go back to the Ivy League uh, playoffs? We came out of last season feeling like even though we lost and like we really didn't play that well in the Ivy League championship series either. Um, we just like we played well the whole season, but we just could not do well against Harvard for some reason. Um, but even despite that, we still came out of that season thinking in our heads that like, we were the best team in the Ivy league and we just like, we didn't show up for those games, but we still knew that we were capable of like, if we could have redone it, we knew that we could have won. So we were kind of like thinking of this season as a continuation of last season. Amber, I want to bring up uh, something a little bit of a happier, brighter note uh, (laughs) related to softball uh, that I feel like since we have you on the podcast, I just thought of it and I want to bring it up. (laughs) Um, I remember, I remember when you, I think you were a freshman and I brought this up to you before. So I think you know, know yeah. what I'm going to talk about. 
we well, were down in we were, we were down in Florida for a like one of the spring tournaments you know your mm -hmm. freshman year and it was like yeah. it's the only time I've ever seen this happen in my life and I I think <laughs> it might be the only time it ever I ever see it happen like, like you're a lefty you're mostly a slap oh hitter. my gosh yeah <laughs> and I watched I think I was in the press box and you clearly were just trying to slap the ball the other mm -hmm. way or, you, know, like, you know run slap hit yeah. And you hit it over the fence for a home run. And I'm like, I've never seen that. I mean, it wasn't even like, I've it was kind of like a three-quarter swing. And it was to yeah. center field. Like, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I definitely remember it because it was my only home run in my whole collegiate career. <laughs> um, I literally switched. So my senior year, like, you didn't really get to see much of it. But I was kind of, like, over-slapping. I was like, I don't want to slap anymore. I'm just going to hit. So I was like, I'm going to get so many home runs this season. <laughs> and then I, like, finished my collegiate career with one home run, which was a slap. But I remember I was just <laughs> trying to, like, make good contact and put it in play. And I kind of got under it, and I was like, oh, that was a bad hit. I'm, like, running it out, but I'm like, I know they're going to catch it. And then no one said anything. They just kind of stood there because the ball was not in play anymore. And I'm still running, and I'm, like, about to turn around. And I, like, I think I asked one of the girls as I was, like, rounding second. I was like, did it go over the fence? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. I keep running. I was like, what the heck just happened? I've never seen it either, so I don't really know how that happened. I, I don't know if it's on video or not. I hope, I don't you know, it probably isn't because I think, no, I don't think it is. But it was, it was an incredible, I think you were almost to second base by the time the ball went over the fence. Because you were I just, like I you said, was, you were like hustling it out because you were like, yeah. yeah. No, I think I was at like rounding third base before I realized that it was a home run because I was like, this is going to be, I didn't want to turn around until I knew for sure that it was an out. But I was like, I'm not going to, run off the field if it's still in play so I was like this is gonna be so embarrassing when I run home and it was an out <laughs> but I had, to, I, I had to bring that up it was one of the best softball moments I've ever seen I know, uh, I've watched crazy. a lot of softball even growing up I mean growing up with two sisters and I've watched a lot of collegiate softball oh my god it was it was incredible so I just want to thank you for providing me that moment for my yeah <laughs> I, I could not do it again if I tried I don't really know what happened so let's go back for a minute, though. You talked about being a lefty slap hitter. Does that process start early? Like if you're left-handed and play softball, you just automatically start as that? Or is that something that they do a little bit later on? How do they, how do they manage that? I feel like it's different for everyone. I think most people who are left-handed hitters at some point will at least try slapping. And they might not necessarily stick with it, but it's just easier for a lefty to learn it because you're already on the left side. But I think for a lot of people, it starts out like whether they're lefty or righty, it's like a coach will identify them as fast and will be like, try and slap. And so I hit, I only hit away all the way until I was probably like a sophomore in high school. And then I kind of started slapping and I really didn't get into mainly slapping until like at the end of my senior year. And then even like I came into college my freshman year. And I was still hitting away like my first couple at bats in college. And then we were like, eh, let's just try slapping. And I kind of got to the point where I was slapping so much that I kind of just stopped hitting because it's, it's like a different look at the ball. Like you're running through it and it's kind of like a different angle and it's a different swing, even though it looks similar, like you're on the left side for both. It feels very different. And you're trying to do different things. Like when you're slapping, you're trying to kind of like, like just tap it opposite Whereas when you're hitting, you're really trying to like get the whole thing. Um, so 
by like my sophomore, junior year, I only slapped. And that was really the first time in my career that I had only been slapping. Like the whole rest of my career, I mainly hit away, I would say. And I bunted a lot too. I like hit away or bunt. And then this past year, like last year, especially in the Ivy League, a lot of teams started to really crowd me. Um, and they would kind of be like right in my face. And I just couldn't get that power slap. And so I was like all small ball last year and I was really sick of it. Like I hated when girls would just like get so close to me and I couldn't really like get it through the infield. It was just like, I would have to kind of like get it around wherever they were standing and hope I could like drop it in somewhere. So by the end of my um, junior season, I was over it. I was like, I want to go back to hitting. This sucks. Um, So I really, I practiced hitting away all summer. Um, I think going into fall, we were like, okay, we'll do a little bit of both. But then by the end of fall, we were like, we're only going to hit unless there's a situation where it makes sense to like just surprise them and slap again and just drop something in. So I would say like the mindset this year was hit away unless like the opportunity is right to slap. So I was really excited about that. Um, But we didn't really get to see it. But yeah, like most of my career, I've been a hitter. Uh, Amber, you have a lot of interesting things outside of the softball field that I want to talk about while we're on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, uh, for maybe somebody, those who don't know, you were nominated as one of 30 Division One softball players in the country for the Senior Class Award, which celebrates like excellence in the classroom, character, community, competition. Uh, so that was a really cool thing that happened. Um, and with that, you are the president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, and you have a 3.95 GPA in sustainable development. So, I mean, you had a great career even outside <laughs> of, like, the softball field. Uh, but talk about uh, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. You still serve as president of the yeah. committee. So, like, how can you, can you touch a little bit on what SAC has been doing since this whole thing happened, like what you guys have been trying to do to either make things better or, or whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I don't know if you said it, but we call it SAC, Student Athlete Advisory Committee. We abbreviate it to SAC. Um, but I'm president of that with Nina Tang on rowing. And we've actually been pretty busy with stuff for that since um, we've all been home, just because like I thought it was really going to slow down once we got home, but it's been pretty much like the same amount, if not even more work since we've gotten home. Um, But the things we do for SAC is, I don't know, we do like a variety of things. Partially, we're kind of like the voice of the student athletes. Like I kind of describe it to people as um, similar to a student council, but for athletes. And like, instead of talking to um, the school administration, we're talking to athletics administration. So if any student athletes have like concerns or anything, we're like talking to administrators and giving them answers and trying to like advocate for them. So it's been like a lot of questions about eligibility and kind of like making student athlete concerns available to administrators. And then um, we also do stuff with NCAA legislation. So just because we're not playing right now, they still have rules and stuff that um, are on the table for next year and like coming years. Um, so we've been giving them feedback and voting there. Um, and then we also have, Uh, like a community service aspect. So we try and get people involved in community service. So we've been working with um, some different student athletes with different ideas that they have for um, things we can do in response to coronavirus, which is still kind of a work in progress. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But 
um, it's been pretty cool because over the past four years, I've been in SAC for four years and I've been on the executive board for three years. Um, we've tried to build like a community within our student athletes because it's kind of hard since we're in New York City, everyone's so spread out, all of our sports, half of our sports are uptown, half of them are downtown, some people are off campus. Um, so it's a little bit harder to build a community at Columbia compared to, I think, other schools that have more of a college town or all their athletes practice in the same place. Um, so we've been trying to build that and we've been trying to get it to a point where people feel like if they have an idea, they can come to SAC and we can like bring their idea to life. So we've seen that with um, some of the community service stuff in the past couple weeks as well. Uh, one of the speaking of like community service and what the team does and what you're involved in. Uh, one of the, I think the really cool things that you're involved in is the team impact uh, mm -hmm. initiative. So uh, Kayla Collins is a uh, team impact member of the Columbia softball team. And I know mm -hmm. that you uh, were the point of contact between like the team and Kayla's family. So can you, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but can you just like talk about, uh, talk about what team impact is first and how like the, uh, Columbia's involvement with it, maybe who Kayla is and uh, how all that works. Mm -hmm. So we got involved with team impact. I think it was my freshman year um, and we got matched with Kayla I'm really not sure who on our team initiated it. I, it might have been Maddie or Bonnie. I'm, not, I'm really not sure, honestly. Um, but I was just freshman. We got matched with Kayla. Um, she was, I think, like 12 at the time or 13. Um, and she kind of, like, became a part of our team. So she would come to our game sometimes. Like, she threw out a first pitch once. And she was really into, like, the type of things that you do. So I think she – might have like sat back and done some announcing yeah. and that type of thing. Yeah. She, so she really liked that. And whenever we had um, our home games or our fall games, we'd invite her out. And if she wanted to stay after at our barbecues and stuff, I think she liked doing that as well. And so then as we got older, now I think team impact limits um, the kids to stay on your team for two years and then, then graduate. But at the time when Kayla joined our team, they didn't have that rule. So she was a part of our team for three years and she still kind of is a part of our team but she's like getting older now so she has her own things going on but um as she got older like the point of contact switch between different people who were like as people left the team eventually um I was one of the people that was kind of her point of contact so um I don't know like team impact is just a way for kids who like don't have the opportunity to participate in sports or anything like that due to um some type of chronic illness um, to be a part of a team. And I think Kayla really liked that. So even now that she's, uh, doesn't get to like be with us on the field, she still gives us updates and everything. And now she's like, she's in high school. She's starting to get ready for college and just thinking about that. So we'll get updates about like if she's doing summer programs and that kind of thing. So I don't know, it's, it was just like a cool thing to be a part of. And also it kind of like you're getting matched with them to help them, but also they help you and kind of like put things in perspective when you're on the field and you're like mad about that bat or something. And then you have um, this kid cheering you on in the dugout who doesn't have the opportunity to play sports like you do. And is just like so happy to be a part of the team. Um, that was definitely a cool thing that we did. Amber, appreciate you taking the time. This was good. This was fun. I uh, hope mm -hmm. you're, you and your family are doing well, staying safe. Uh, everybody, I guess, you know, I'll ask you before you leave, like everybody's doing good. Everybody's healthy yeah thank good. you good. yeah all right well um amber take care and thank you. you know tell your whole family listen to the podcast you know up the viewership <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, congratulations on a great career, on a great Columbia career, and uh, you know, look forward to seeing what you have to do in the future. Thanks, Kyle. All right. That was Amber Swinarski closing out this week's episode. Uh, Mike? Yeah, that'll do it for episode five. We, we can count. We had trouble at the beginning, but we got yeah. it there. Um, thanks so much for taking some time again. Once again, it was great talking to Joshua Solomon and Amber Swinarski. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, once again, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find us, so like us, subscribe, leave comments, tell your friends. Um, what else are you doing right now? You don't have anything and, to do but listen to podcasts and, and, and watch Tiger King. And don't forget, GoColumbiaLines.com slash podcast, Mike. Yeah, you can get it all there. It's, it's all deadly. They're all there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, until then, talk to you soon.